Welcome to the Become Fire podcast, a ministry of the Franciscan Friars of the Holy Spirit. If you'd like to learn more about this community, visit them on the web at www.becomefire.faith. That's dot F-A-I-T-H. Now, here are the Friars. Hello, peace and good, everyone, and welcome to the Become Fire podcast. I am your host this week, Father Peter Teresa, and I'm joined by not one, but two of my dear brothers, Father Anthony Tinker. I can't make my own music for that. Okay. That's totally fine. <laughs> Sounds like we're playing The Price Mario. is Right. Oh, okay. I was trying to do The Price is Right. Uh, Sorry. Sounds like Mario from the early 1990s. <laughs> and Brother Paul Grump. Hello, everyone. It is good to have I don't have any. Dance. I don't have any intro music. I'm sure Dan's taking care of you. You're Luigi. Now. Yeah, Dan, Dan, I want some good intro music. <laughs> Be careful what you wish for. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, Brother Paul, why are you here? Because um, I'm a Franciscan friar of the Holy Spirit. <laughs> no, but uh, more specifically, I am doing a pastoral year this year. So I will be uh, on the res doing a bunch of ministry this year, taking a year off of school. Been down here since the beginning of September. So it's good to be here. It is good to have you here. Happy to be here. We had you for the summer. We did. You deked us out. Yes. And now you're back here for this for the year. Yes. It is. It is good. It I is. It is good that you are here. And I feel like that is a, an appropriate thing to say. As we are starting a new series today, we just finished our series on uh, finding the Lord in the storms, which was a very popular series. So thank yeah, you all for yeah. your feedback. Well, it really helps job, us yeah. discern what to do next because a lot of people give a lot of positive feedback. Mm-hmm. We said, okay, we've we've hit a theme that's really touching people's hearts, and so we want to keep something along this line, this yeah. theme that that is really ministering to the heart of the people. Yeah. Around. Certainly for, for me, I'm just more and more convicted by the power of God's word. And just when we enter into it, when we meditate upon it, that it really does have the power to, to change our lives. So we're going to stay in the scriptures. No, no other place to go, really. So we just did the storms. Uh, and now we're going to climb some mountains. We just encountered the Lord in the storms. And, and now we're going to encounter the Lord on the mountaintops. So we have uh, a good series planned for you in that regard, but we're going to begin with one of the earlier scenes in all of scriptures that regards that that has a mountain in it, and that is Moses. Moses climbing the mountain uh, and encountering uh, the burning bush. So I just want to read that brief little passage where Moses encounters the burning bush at first uh, to kind of set the scene for us. Where are, where are we in the Bible? Oh, so people this can, is a great. This, yeah. Thank you, Father. Thank you. This would be the second book of the Bible named okay. Exodus. Okay. And this is the third chapter of Exodus. Okay. So this is Exodus you want to chapter along, 3, that's where we are. verse 2. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire out of the midst of a bush. He looked, and behold, the bush was burning, yet it was not consumed. And Moses said, I will turn aside to see this great sight, why the bush is not burned. When the Lord saw that he turned aside to see, God called to him out of the bush, Moses, Moses, and he said, Here I am. Then he said, Do not come near. Take your sandals off your feet, for the place on which you are standing is holy ground. And he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look at God. So Moses has has climbed the mountain. He has discovered uh, the, the burning bush, and he has encountered 
this incredible and, and miraculous sign of, of, of a bush on fire, but, but not being consumed. Uh, and so it's the, Moses has this uh, really dramatic and profound um, encountering of, of his God. I'm I'm always struck by the bush being burning mm-hmm. but not consumed. Yeah, but what? That's why he knows it's a miracle. Yeah, like you see a bush and it's yep. it's on fire, but it's it's not the the wood is not being consumed. But this is so much God. The God he he burns, but he doesn't consume. Mm-hmm. That that I'm still stuck with me when mm-hmm. <laughs> when God encounters me. Mm-hmm. That that I wish like like Lord just consume this part of me that it's never a part of me again. Like just consume. But it, he uses it. Grace builds upon nature. He uses my personality. He uses my thoughts, my actions, my my feelings, my my personalities in in the ministry of the priesthood. That I'm still me. And and and, yeah. and God he he consumes, but it doesn't burn. And so He's coming to each and every one of us. Coming to Moses to consume him. But not to burn. He's going to use Moses, and we'll see this more and more as we go yeah. on this passage. He's going to use Moses. He's going to send forth the Spirit of God upon him. But you still have Moses, his weaknesses, his thoughts, his feelings that God is acting through. And so God is just manifesting this, how he operates, even on this bush. They say, I come, I, I set the bush on fire, but the wood is not consumed. The bush is still there. You are still there, Moses. You are still going to be used, but I'm going to be the one who's inflaming and, uh, and kindling you throughout this process. No, I think that's also, it's an image that gets taken up. I think it's St. John of the Cross who talks about like an iron being placed, like iron being placed in the forge or a fire. Yes. And so like the iron remains the iron, but like it that starts to glow like the fire. And so to Father Anthony's point that it's not like we become that we lose ourselves in God, that your mm-hmm. personhood is destroyed. But there is something about the encounter with God that makes you more like him in a sense, um, by way of similitude, where you really do. Um, you begin to take on the properties. Yeah, those properties the fire, of the, the fire, and the, the heat. Yes, and the, yes, yes. And you become God-like in that sense. And then what's the first thing God says? Moses, Moses. Yes. Calls him by name. Mm-hmm. I love that. I mean, we see it with, with Mary Magdalene, that she didn't recognize the risen Lord, but then he speaks her name. Mary. And that's when she recognizes the risen Lord, who she thought was a gardener. It's a personal and God. It's a God who It's knows a personal our God. He knows our name. He knows you. He knows our hearts. He knows Moses. And he speaks to him. But at the same time, it's like, but Moses, you need to recognize it. It's personal, but also there has to be respect. Because like, Moses, take take the sandals off your feet. Mm-hmm. This is holy ground. Like there's a, you have to respect the presence of God. You have to respect that I'm here, but I'm calling you. And there's this beautiful thing where it's got it's the, the, the transcendence and imminence of God, that he's transcendent, he's far above, that is his holy ground. Um, that and since Moses is not worthy to be there, and yet God has made him worthy. God has called Moses by name to draw him into his presence. Uh, it's, I think it's a, it's a, there, there's so much I think we can discern and learn about, about who God is through this revelation of, of the burning bush. And to, to the, to the point you're making, both of you are making that there's something that it's a revelation of, of, of God's power, that, that he is this fire, this, this flame that, and, and, and fire should destroy, fire could consume, uh, but it's not doing that. And so that, that God is all powerful. Uh, that God is Almighty. That God is like a like a burning fire, and He could just exert just the 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 a little bit of His might, a little bit of His power, and 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 destroy and consume and all these things. But but He does not do that. And and I was thinking about how it's it's kind of analogous to the the Eucharist, where where it's God's presence, um, and 
and and and so much is is hidden and and and, and veiled in that and, and and but all of his power and all of his might and all of his majesty is is in there but but it doesn't break the tabernacles um it doesn't doesn't burn down our churches that that god's presence dwells there but it doesn't consume it and so that that we can you know ha- moses is having this encounter uh, he's meeting the Lord. He's meeting, and the Lord's calling him by name. This this personal God, that the Eucharist is uh, the 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 Sacred Heart of Jesus, and and that even that when we consume the Eucharist, it doesn't destroy us, but it, we're like that that firebrand that you're talking about. We're beginning to to take on the the, the properties and in, in the likeness of God, and so um, it's just a, a revelation of of God's just might, His power, His Majesty, but then also just. Um, his humility, uh, his 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 tenderness, and and almost like his, his gentleness, this fire that that doesn't destroy. Yeah, the accents remain the same. Yeah, it's still the accents <laughs> of bread, right. still the accent of wine, still the accent. The substance has changed, but the accents remain the same. Yeah. So Moses has this encounter. Um, he is called by name, told to to take off his sandals, and then God tells him what He wants Moses to do. That he's going to send him back to his people. Uh, who are in, in bondage and slavery in Egypt. Um, and Moses, you know, is not so sure about this. And so then in verse 11, after hearing, you know, what God's plan for him, he says, um, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the children of Israel out of Egypt? Um, he said, but I will be with you. Um, and this shall be the sign for you that I have sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you shall serve God on this mountain. Um, and so Moses is having this encounter with God on the mountain, um, and God is giving him this this great plan, this great mission. And he is just, you know, who am I to do this? Um, and what I love about this is that the Lord doesn't tell him how great Moses is. You know, Moses, you're so awesome. That's why I chose you. He just simply says, um, I am with you. Um, and that's really the only qualification. That's really the only thing that is going to make Moses uh, worthy of uh, the call that he has. And so the Lord speaks to him, and he immediately has this doubt. You know, you know, who am I? Um, but the Lord says, I, "I am with you." Yeah, it's so understandable. Mm-hmm. It's how we we respond oftentimes. When God shows up and we get, you know, we talk about our vocation call and yeah. say, who am I that, that God would call me? Who am I that I could receive the Eucharist? Who am I mm. that, that, that this blessing that God would, would come to me? And, and it's this balance because it's both the right response, but it can be in, in an extreme. Mm-hmm. So it's the right response because we could say, oh, well, who am I? And in that sense, there's a humility there, which is really of God. There's this, I think the scriptures do say Moses was the humblest man. The meekest, you know, The yeah. meekest, thank you, the meekest of all men. And so this, this profound humility that allow God, allows God to work. So this humility is a really, really a blessing. But that's different than um, like self-deprecation, mm. you know, where where Moses could take this to an extreme. And we could take this to an extreme. It's basically like, well, 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 who am I? You know, as far as like, I'm not worthy of God's love. And there's a difference there between like this humility that Moses is displaying that we're called to. Say, God, I'm... I'm going to humble myself because I'm I'm not worthy, um, you know. But I'm willing to say yes. Versus this um, this false humility out of this this um, uh, not quite self hatred, but in that vein of uh, of the spiritual life where it's like, well, I'm, you know, I'm not worthy of God's love. I'm not worthy of love. So God find somebody else. 
That's a, that's a great point about Moses' humility. I also wonder, there's something about God names him, like Moses, he calls out mm. to him. Um, but then Moses immediately says, you know, who am I? So I wonder from the naming, too, that he comes to recognize that he really didn't know who he was. Mm, and there's yeah. a sense, too, like, I wonder if we could even paint Moses as, like, a prideful man prior to this, that he's raised actually in Pharaoh's court. Um, so he would have been esteemed. He would have had some type of authority. Um, and even, like, his rage, he's, he kills a man. Right. Like, he's, yeah, he's committed a pretty terrible And, like, sin prideful indignation, him. maybe, over, like, how, how the people have been treated. And, like, had God shown up in that moment, like, I need you to lead the people out of, out of slavery. Who knows how he would have responded. So there's something about the encounter with God that I think actually, and and God naming him, that makes Moses realize like his poverty. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's only in the mirror, so to speak, um, of like seeing God in that way that he recognizes like, oh, well, there is this, I am not worthy of this. Yeah. No. And Moses meaning like he who was drawn out of the waters. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so it's kind of like God has drawn him out. Yes. He's drawn out this, this beautiful aspect. It has a beautiful insight of like, because God speaks, he's breaking the pride. And drawing out the true version of Moses' self, the true who Moses really is. Because oftentimes in our own lives, we try to put on this mirror, right? The society wants to put on the face of what everyone else wants you to be. And God's drawing out who the real Moses is, because that's who God wants to use. I also find it so interesting that that the Moses is having this encounter with God on the mountain and he asks him, Who am I? And I mean, it's it's a it's it's a personal God. It's a God that he's in dialogue with. It's a God he's speaking to. It's a God who's called him by name. It's a God who's revealed this plan that he has for his life. And then Moses asks the question, you know, who am I? Uh, and then God doesn't answer that. <laughs> he avoids the question, just says, I will be with you. Um, and I think so often, even for us in, 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 in our prayer lives, that, that we might be in dialogue with God about this, that, and the other thing. And he doesn't answer every single one of our questions. Um, he doesn't always give us the the response that we're looking for, and and he doesn't. And to your point, like there is this like humbling thing that that he's encountering now, where he is questioning, well, who am I? You know, I've, I've committed these sins. I might have this dark thing in my heart, and you're asking me to do this, and, and who am I to do that? And and God doesn't quite lift the veil from it. He doesn't doesn't you know shine light into that mystery that that why he calls Moses is still a mysterious thing um, and why he's asking him to do this is still mysterious, but he just assures him that, that I am with you. Um, and that, and he's, he's kind of just inviting him deeper just to, to stay, you know, not to really look at himself, uh, but to just keep looking at the Lord. So then Moses asks, you know, who am I? Uh, God tells him we, what we just talked about. And then he, you know, begins, he has another question. Um, he says, well, if you're going to, to send me, uh, they might ask me who you are. Um, they might ask, what is his name? Uh, what shall I say to them? And God said to Moses, I am who am. Um, that, that first Moses asks who he is, you know, who am I? And now he is asking who this God is. And God responds, uh, I am who am, and we could probably spend <laughs> years trying to, you know, break that down. But, uh, you know, any thoughts on this further revelation of this God that Moses is speaking to on the mountain? Well, I mean, it's it's a natural question. Mm. You know, can I trust you? Like, who are you, and can I trust you? 
um, that we have towards God. And, and even though we can, in our minds, and be like, oh, I trust God, you know, but then we get mm-hmm. to the heart of the matter of like, okay, you're asking me to go back to the place where I killed someone. I'm wanted for murder. And you're asking me to do this impossible thing, like stand before the most powerful man in the world currently, most likely. We know the pharaohs were very, very, very powerful. Mm-hmm. Um, and you want me to stand before him and say, let the, the people of God go, let your slaves go, who are building, making you such a powerful man. Um, I can see a lot of bad, I can see a lot of bad directions that this could go. Am I ending up jail in jail or dead or, you know, um, and I'm thinking he's pretty good. I've got my wife here and you know, I've got a nice father-in-law named Jethro. Like things are going well. Like <laughs> For sure. you're asking a big ask of me. Yeah. Can I trust you? And God earlier has said, um, after he said Moses, Moses, I am the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And Jesus gives us insight to how important this is because he's saying, I'm the God of the living, not the dead. Mm-hmm. Not, I'm, you know, these men who were alive, but men who currently are alive in me. And in what he's speaking to Moses is that your ancestors, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, they're alive in me right now. I'm the God of the living. And, and, and I'm going to bring you to full life. I'm going to fulfill a promise that I made to Abraham hundreds of years ago, f- over 400 years ago. That, that is going to um, erratically change my people because they're going to come with this promised land and promise that they've been passing on for 400 years of slavery. I remember that God promised this land to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. That's the God who I am, and I am who am. I simply, I just am. There's no, there's no other gods besides me. I am who I am, and I will fulfill my promise. I'm a God of the living who fulfills his promises. That's what he's telling Moses. I've made a promise. I'm going to fulfill it, and so you can trust me. I also want to take maybe a step back again, too, to the mm-hmm. question that Moses asked. There's a sense of, like, we don't really, you can't know yourself in a vacuum. Mm-hmm. Like, we exist in yeah. relationships. Like, I call both of you father, and that's, like, a part of your person and that has, like, meaning, and it's, it's all relational in that aspect yeah. of it. And so even Moses, like, who am I? And then God's saying, basically, like, trust in me. Um, so there's something about God revealing the relationship that Moses had that then lets Moses know who he is. But then also, like, but then God further reveals himself. Like, after all of these doubts, all of these, these kind of, these, these things that Moses is saying, these are the reasons I can't do this. And then God gives him his name. Like, this is the person you can trust in. Um, that then also gives Moses, like, the confidence to be like, okay, like, I'm going to do this thing that will define me, that will kind of act out who I am in relationship with, like, this God who's just revealed himself to me. And then to your, to your point as well, that not only has he revealed himself to me, but my ancestors, like all the stories that I heard are then also like being coalesced into that identity of like, I am who I am. Mm. And so there's this tremendous meaning and revelation that comes with it. And then also the relationship that the same promises that were given to my forefathers are being like given to me to carry this out. Yeah. It reminds me of, I forget where we get the story of St. Francis, but I think one of the early, the early followers, or maybe it's the little flowers, but but one of the, the followers of Francis is, catches him in the woods in his prayer, and he's just asking, you know, who are you, Lord, and who am I? Uh, who are you, Lord, and who am I? And it's, you know, we kind of see these questions go all the way back to Moses, and and Moses asking, you know, you know, who am I, and, and who are you? And and both of them are, are are met in these mysterious answers, but um, but really, aren't they really like the only questions kind of worth asking? And in, in, in some semblance, that you know, that we remain so much of of a mystery to ourselves, you know. And then we can think of Saint Paul saying, like, I I, I do the thing that I don't want to do, and 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 we're, we are we're, we're, we have the the infinite within us, um, and. 
and to really know oneself, to really kind of possess oneself. And, and, and I think that's all we really want in this life as well is just for someone to know me, um, for someone to see me. Um, and then and in knowing me, then, then not to judge me, not to shame me, but but to love me for who I am and, 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 and as I am. And, and then also to, to know another, to have another entrust themselves to me so that I might then love them. And, and there's a little bit of that happening here where, where God is revealing a, a deep, deep part of his identity to Moses as I am who am, you know, and it's, you know, he's just, he is just being, and, and, and we, you know, we, so much ink has been spilled on that, but, but I think that it's just, it's kind of just teaching us about it in, in encountering God and just kind of just getting to the heart of it, of, 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 of in prayer and our encounter with God that, you know, there is this drama that's playing out with Moses's vocation, but, but even more foundational and, and fundamental to that, there is this, these two are just, well, I shouldn't say these two are getting to know each other, but, but cause God knows Moses through and through, but, uh, but Moses is getting to know God and God is revealing himself to, to Moses in, in this really deep way. And, and to give him his name is, is, is a really profound act. And so, you know, just that, that aspect of, of prayer. And I think sometimes we can make prayer complicated. We can make prayer about all these different things, but, but prayer is really just about getting to know God. And allowing God to reveal Himself to us, and then to your point, brother, that we don't know our we don't exist in a vacuum. We don't know ourselves in a vacuum. That there is something about the mirror that God holds up that that really allows us to to know, you know, who we are and all of our faults and all of our failings. But then, just the goodness of the image and likeness that God has made us, and the dignity of our baptism, and how we're called beloved sons and daughters as, as well. Wouldn't you say with that too? I mean, a lot of times we also find our identities. And things that are not from the Lord, mm. um, where we, we put up this false facade, this this wall that I'm presenting myself in this way, and so I become how many likes I get on Facebook, or or you're like that guy, you're this guy, you're the guy that does this thing, and maybe even p- people pigeonhole you into certain things where like you're the funny guy, you're the quiet guy, like, and you have to fit these molds that everyone's giving you, yeah. and after a while, you find yourself actually living out those molds. And so in a, uh, it's even like Moses, you know what I mean? That he's, he's more than just the son-in-law of Jethro, or he's more than the adopted son of Pharaoh. He's like so much more than those. And he has such a, a greater dignity. And I think that's what happens also in this encounter is the Lord's like revealing the dignity that Moses has. Like, and it, fundamentally the dignity that we all have as mm-hmm. the sons and daughters of, of God, that it comes down to like, that's the fundamental thing. Like that's the defining aspect of what it means to be a human person is to be adopted into the divine family. Like that's why you you were made to be with God forever. And like that is the identity that most defines you past anything else. And at least in my personal experience, that's normally what God's trying to communicate to you mm-hmm. yeah. is that you're a beloved son, you're a beloved daughter. Um, and just to rest in that identity that the father then speaks over you and to like, and it's hard. It's hard yeah. to like actually to learn to receive that mm-hmm. and trust in that. And because if we start to believe the lie of these identities, I am an electrician, right? I am defined in who I am, the funny guy. I'm a priest. I'm, yeah, even that. You I'm a priest. I mean, yeah. or I'm a Catholic, yeah. right? Which, which there's, there's realities that those things are true. But unfortunately, if we start to identify ourselves with the external realities 
that's not the core. We begin to identify ourselves with our sins. So I am an alcoholic. I am, mm. and there's again, there's a reality that. But you then, then I'm a bad person. I'm a wicked person. I'm not worthy of God's love. And let the shame take over because we begin to absorb those things that they instead of being things that we do that we can be forgiven of, they become things of who we are, and and that that it draws our hearts to this thing of well, then I can't be forgiven. When the reality, if we can be free from that and recognize our core identity, as brother said, is I am a child of God, and everything flows from there. Then we recognize that even the mistakes we make aren't our identity. And we don't have to live in the shame that the world wants to put on us. Why? Because our identity is found in God. And I think, I think just to drive the point home is like, this is like, this is real. This is a real, like you can, like you can meet God um, and, and like you can speak to God and, and God can speak to you. And, and, and I think we have to like give ourselves the opportunity, the chance to, to meet God on the mountain, you know, wherever, wherever that, wherever that might be in, in our lives to, to go to, to make the space and, and to ask the question, who am I, who are you? And, and just trust that God's really going to speak, um, that trust Amen. that God's really going to say something, yeah. um, that God really does want to speak to you, um, and that God will speak to you. And, and I know we've all had that experience that we could share about it, but, but it is real. Well, I just, to, to second that as well, that as amazing as the grace is that Moses received in hearing the voice of God and seeing the burning bush, that the grace we have now is so much greater. Mm, right. Yeah. That yeah. through the gift of the incarnation, the death and resurrection of Christ, the, the sacraments, the, Spirit the anointing of the Holy Spirit, like it's so much more profound. Like it's, it's different in degree. It's almost different yeah. in kind. And so to say that, like, it's most certainly true that God wants to speak to you. When you're at mass and you're beholding the Lord in the Eucharist, you're at the sacrifice and then you receive God. And like, that would be, I would encourage you. That is a, a great moment mm-hmm. to sit in the pews and then ask the same question that Moses asked, who am I? And who are you? And it's a profound moment to to hear the Lord speak because He's with you. You're a living yeah. tabernacle, yeah. and maybe you're being consumed. You are the yes, burning bush. That's right. That's right. And maybe as evidence that the grace that we receive now is 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 of, of a greater kind than than that Moses received. Uh, Moses has this amazing encounter, this amazing dialogue. He's given the divine name. And he just is just doubting. He's just doubting. And so the conversation keeps going between him and the Lord, how the Lord is going to send him to Israel. And so in the beginning of, of chapter four, Moses tells the Lord, well, well they're not going to believe me. Uh, and then verse 10, he says, but well, I'm not a very good speaker. I'm not an elegant speaker. Uh, and then finally, in verse 13, it's almost like he's like begging the Lord, like, just send someone else. <laughs> Don't send me. You know, he's trying to give the Lord all these reasons why he can't do this thing that the Lord is asking him to do. You know, they're not going to believe me. I'm not a good speaker. And then finally, he's just like, please, 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 will you send somebody else? And so I just find it so, uh, so real that Moses has this incredible encounter in chapter three. And then in chapter four, he is just pointing to every re- reason why he can't, 
can't follow through what the Lord is asking him to. I would say, um, going back to Brother Paul's point, that because the grace is so profound, mm. um, that you, I don't know, you just have to uh, suck it up and deal. I'm going to the right. <laughs> yeah. But, but, it's, but I'm just, I mean, what I want to say is, like, God's working with somebody who didn't have this profound of the grace, the grace mm. of the incarnation, the grace of the Eucharist, the grace of the sacraments, the grace. Mm-hmm. And so God's really patient with him. And I think with us, sometimes we want God. We like knocking, like, what about, you know, we kind of move into this, myself included. I'm not going to speak to the choir. You know, it's kind of right. like, hey, like, I've, like you know, I what, want a real burning bush. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's like, <laughs> where, why was my burning bush? Why, why hasn't God revealed this to me? Why yeah. is it so this? And yeah. Whereas he has spoken to my heart. Like, mm-hmm. he has done so many things. He has brought out so many graces. And, and I don't have the excuses, mm-hmm. you know, and we're kind of, we go and like, well, we're not, pick somebody else. And, and you can just choose not to do your vocation. God will never take away your free will. Yeah. And far too often, I think we, we make the excuses like, oh, okay, whew, okay, well, I asked God to pick somebody else and not give me the vocation he did or not do this. And he did, you know, we kind of like give ourselves the excuse of, oh, I didn't get the burning bush, so it's okay. It's, but you had the Eucharist, mm-hmm. you know? And, and so I think we just have to open our hearts and, and really take the time and listen because we've been given the grace. We've, you know, to whom the guy who got the 10 talents, there was more expected than the guy who got the one talent. Too much is given, much is expected. That, that we have received the found graces, but we have to open up and recognize, okay, we'd have doubts. Like we are going to have doubts like Moses mm-hmm. did. We're going to have questions like Moses did. There are realities that we face, that we, we, that we struggle with. At the end of the day, though, um, we're called to have a deeper trust and a deeper faith and a deeper reliance on the sacraments to get us through these trials and to turn to adoration, to turn to confession, to turn to mass, to turn to the scriptures, turn to all the means we have of grace to help us through these trials. Cause we've been given all the things we need. And we're like, well, I got to get the burning bush. And God's like, well, I gave you the Bible. <laughs> I gave you the Eucharist. Like, you've got you the means. Yeah. I've gave you my word. Like you, it's all there, we, but we do have to open our hearts to it and go to it and let us be fed by the source so that we can get help. The, the Lord can help us get through the doubts. The, the thing I think about too is that we talked about even like those false facades that we put up. Mm-hmm. That like, so obviously we all have doubts and stuff, but we have to recognize a lot of times those doubts are kind of unfounded. Mm. That the, the Lord knows who we are. He knows it perfectly. I mean, he's also outside of time. So there's a way in which he already knows what's, what's going to happen. So he sees how you'll perform. He sees what you're going to do. And this is where it comes back to, I mean, the fundamental thing then is where Moses has to rest back in that identity where it's like, okay, you are who you say you are. I am Moses. This is who you are. And then all of those doubts can just kind of ebb away. But it's to go back to the beginning in a sense. So that even in our own prayer lives, when we do experience doubts, when we're praying about something, to really go back to that core identity and pray from that place mm-hmm. of like a profound trust that, that well, God might ask you to do something hard, that fundamentally, like you are his son. Like he's going to take care of you. He's going to provide for you. All of your flaws and failures, he already knows them. And he'll give you the grace that you need to actually overcome those things. It, it's so funny too, because Moses asks like, like well, well, who am I? Uh, and then he starts like listing these things off to the Lord as if like the Lord doesn't know it. You know, well, I'm not a good speaker and you know they're not going to believe me or this, that, or the other thing. And But the Lord's response to that the first time was, I am with you. I will be with you. Uh, and that's really the only thing that matters. And so, like you guys have been talking about, like this reliance and this trust where where, where who the Lord is is, is, is all that really matters in, in Moses' story and what Moses is asked to do. And then who the Lord is is, is the most in part of, of our story and what the Lord asks us to do. 
Um, and so I don't think any of us are going to be asked to go to, you know, a foreign power and deliver people from slavery or bondage, but, but we will be asked to, to lead ourselves out of the, the bondage of sin, you know, and, 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 and serve in the ways that God has asked us to serve. And so, you know, just the, the, to take our eyes off of ourselves and, and all of our deficiencies and really just to keep them on the Lord. Uh, and the Lord says, I am with you. And just to know and to trust in that, that, that whatever the Lord is calling us to, that, that he is really and truly with us. Amen. 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 So we're going to climb a few more mountains in this series. But before we do that, we have to finish this episode. And Father, you have... Uh, a, so, many, a multifaceted, many-parted question for yeah, brother, brother Paul. We we've changed our format for final question. Okay, where it's a it's like a multi-week answer, so just one guy can pick one answer, okay. and we just kind of talk about it a little more instead of being like everybody like give a quick answer. Um, so here's the question for you: you can you can pick one of these four. You get to have dinner. One person who's currently living who you know. One person who's currently living who you don't know. One person who's dead who's a saint. One person who's dead who's not a saint. You get to invite these four people to dinner. Possibly a fictional character too. We might throw that one at the end as a bonus. But for now, those four people, choose one of those and answer who would you invite to your dinner? Give me the first one. Uh, so the, a person who's living currently who you know. Pick me, pick me. <laughs> living who I know. You can do any, any of the four. Whichever one comes first to you. Living. I'm going to go with know. living and dead. Sorry, we're, living we're just, and dead. Just, okay. just dead. I'm going to go with the dead one who's not canonized. I'm going to go with Pope Benedict XVI. Okay, nice. Ooh, yeah. Yes. Oh, that just, I have a lot of questions. <laughs> <laughs> Don't we all? <laughs> yep. What's one question you would ask him? One question that I would ask him. Is it as bad as everyone says it is? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a pretty good one. I think we all have that same question in mind. For sure. And so we just, Lord, thank you so much for the burning bush experiences in our life. We ask you to be with us, to strengthen us, to help us. May your blessing come down upon us. As I bless all of you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. 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 Thank you for listening to this episode of the Become Fire podcast. The Franciscan Friars of the Holy Spirit can be found online at www.becomefire.faith. That's .f-a-i-t-h. The Franciscan Friars of the Holy Spirit are also a 501c3 charitable organization. If you feel called in any way to give financially to their mission, please go to www.becomefire.faith slash give. That's becomefire.faith slash give. May the Lord give you his peace. We'll see you next time.